previous four episodes of Russia Lost describe what happened to me, my wife, and my son when we came to the far east of Russia in August of 2019 to visit her family. My wife's parents pressured my wife into essentially abducting my son, preventing me from seeing him. I had to go to Russian custody authorities to get my wife away from her parents, rebuild communication, and get out of there. Along the way, I found out that we had friends back home who were applying psychological pressure, continuing well into the year 2020. This is mainly Tiffany, who you'll hear about. She was basically telling Daria over and over again that Daria would look weak, that she would be a failure if she didn't follow through on a plan that Tiffany and other friends had given Daria financial support for to leave me, take my son, use irregularities due to the Russian custody system, to basically get more power and options and stay with their parents. They never talked to me about this. They never asked me about what the personal problems might have been motivating Daria. I would say that at times we had a dysfunctional relationship, Daria and I, but this, this is a very personal presentation. And I think people are going to say, oh, this is making you look bad, or this person look bad, or why would you want to do this? And I'm going to touch on this a little bit at the end of this recap, but for now, there's at least 100 people, probably more, who had short conversations or long conversations regarding what happened here on the basis, really, of reports only from a single person who was labeling me abuser and who manipulated and lied. So, I mean, I really, in a way, have no choice but to somehow set the record straight on on the other hand, I think that a lot of what happened here could be helpful or interesting to people who have had to deal with um, international custody problems involving manipulative grandparents, for people who have had a spouse who suffers from attachment issues with abusive parents, especially again in an international context, to people who have had to deal with so-called help people who have suffered from altruism and help from people who actually aren't qualified in any way to help from friends or even experts or counselors who are actually pathological themselves and who do things that are harmful, dangerous, and even illegal to carry out their agenda with other people's lives. These earlier episodes uh, are four and a half hours long. So there's a lot of characterization of what happened, phone recordings, recordings of live conversations at length. It doesn't go in chronological order. I think that's the best way to tell the story. But this recap is just going to present all the details and very short snippets of that audio evidence. It's for people who might just want to know the basics of what happened and the basic timeline, the central facts. And then be ready to hear about how we got out of there, which is still to come. Um, the episodes that describe what I found out about the people back in Worcester during the new year and how I got my wife out of her parents' house. What was my approach? Like, how could I possibly have gone from getting falsely accused of being an abusive husband to her realizing that we were a team and we needed to get her out? That's the most important and interesting part of the story. It's not the best documented part, however. In any case, in these earlier episodes, there's an intro with excerpts from the audio recordings that play a role in telling the story. Traveled to the far east of Russia in the summer of 2019. 
I'd hope to create a podcast on assorted topics like raising a bilingual toddler, about the different statuses of linguistic minorities in the U.S. and in Russia, and about the surprising lack of fences and the housing developments here. Well, that didn't happen. Instead, this is the story of how some of the people I thought I could trust the most put my relationship to the child I loved more than anything in the world at risk in a foreign country where I was deprived of a father's ordinary rights to protect the child. It's also about the unconventional approach I had to take to salvage my family from the brink of a disaster that some of my closest friends and my wife's family were actively planning and encouraging. It's a story about needing to find a new way to communicate at the risk of losing everything that matters to you. I think she's decided that, that you are from her vantage point from which she has I mean, has happened unhelpable. Really? Because now uh, your uh, kid, kid uh, staying in Russia and you could not take him and go home. No, because she told you she's going to call the police and police will come as group. I gave you warning, my son is in there, let me in now. I don't know, you know, we're know, talking about like a map. Her leaving, her leaving was a stimulant for it, but obviously he has his own issues. Well, he's dead. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm not saying everybody has their I'm own issues. Every, yeah, I'm just saying everybody's responsible for their... She thought you were depressed and generally not happy with life, and she was worried that you'd kill yourself. If you're going to keep doing what you're doing... Which is what? There's going to be a court and they might deport you. But no, we're going... What is is he saying about the Russian Federation? If you're going to keep breaking the law in this this way, like you do, like being aggressive in someone else's home, all these little things, they can just deport you from Russian Federation. Okay. Like cultural differences, like background differences, misunderstandings, like thinking and acting about this with American mentality, and they are acting about this with Russian mentality. No. Why? They hit me only a couple of times when I was a teenager, when I was talking back to them. I'm not gonna call them! If anything comes to your mind about conversations between you and Tiffany related to Daria leaving to go to Russia to get more power and options, which you said. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to hear that. Alright, if anything comes to your mind about how repeating that again and again is weird and dumb, give me a call. Alright? Good luck. I, you, like, the recordings do make it sound like there's actually nothing wrong between you two, just that you don't think he should see the baby alone you don't say why and 
it sounds like there's no reason for it. Why don't you just tell him that you are afraid of him? It's up to you, obviously, but that would be really helpful. Child abusers and their accomplices who do not seek counseling and try to repair their behavior. Lose custody of their kid. No reaction to that. In America, maybe. In Russia, I, uh, I'm not sure that, uh, that we have the, the same uh, the same mechanism as uh, in the Russian court. I like felt that he neglected the child. Yeah, that was a lie, that she lied to the police. I need you to think about why she's acting like that. You knew everything you needed to know about Russia. You knew everything you needed to know about how Daria felt about your relationship in order to make a fully informed decision. And you either made a fully informed decision or you didn't when you went there. It does not matter what decision you made or why you made it because it is undoable. What did he say about us giving money? In a marriage, you have duty to care. Okay, that's what happens. When you sign up for marriage, you sign up for duty to care. What duty to care means is if someone is in trouble and they might lose their life, you have to risk your life to save them. That's duty to care. We got to Russia in August and traveled to the far eastern city of Komsomolsk-Namoria. That's where my wife grew up. That's where her parents lived. My wife, my son, and I stayed with her parents for about three weeks or so. Then we moved out to an apartment that my wife found in the city. Uh, her parents lived on the outskirts. Within two weeks, my wife, under pressure from her parents, took all of her things and all of my son's things and moved out unexpectedly. While I was at work one evening, I came back. Um, I found the stuff was gone and I played some of the phone call of my conversation with my wife in the previous episode one. I called Daria to ask her why she left secretly, without any discussion. To rest, to be with you a little bit. We are raising the kid together. That's why we're together. Yeah, yeah, well... <sighs> yes, yes, that's correct, but... As I describe in episode one, my, my wife came back. Uh, we had a wonderful weekend that weekend, and then my wife took a pregnancy test later that weekend and found out that she was pregnant. Um, she'd gotten pregnant in the time since we'd come to Russia. We were happy. We decided not to tell anybody right away, as most couples do. Things didn't stay happy. Things were tense. And at that time, I blamed the behavior on Daria. Daria was behaving erratically. I couldn't help but sometimes responding angrily. I have to admit that I didn't handle everything the best way that I could. And yet, uh, from everything that I know now, the cause of this was mental abuse by Daria's parents, specifically, or perhaps most importantly, the pressure to leave me and move back to their apartment and to leave me and take the kid away from me. This is known. This is what they wanted. In late October, there was one day where Enki had a stomach bug. I left to go to work. They took him to the hospital in an ambulance um, without consulting me. And her mother obviously pressured her to, to take him without consulting me and without calling me. So I would kind of consider that the second child abduction. I complained about it, but I tried to stay calm. I tried not to get angry about it. 
The weekend before Halloween, Daria spent that weekend at her parents' house. She would typically spend one or two days at her parents' house now that we were here in the same town as her parents. I didn't always go out there with them. Um, it was kind of a far trip. And I spent the time studying Russian, doing other work at home. That weekend, she told her parents about the pregnancy and didn't let me in on the fact that she had told her parents about the pregnancy. That week was probably the worst week that we'd ever had. On Wednesday of that week, she did another disappearance. So this is basically child abduction number three. I went out there the next day, kind of a surprise visit. I went in and told her that this is not right, that this is gatekeeping, that this is perhaps you'd call it an abduction, depending on your language or how you look at it, that it, that it was alienation, that it was abuse of her rights as a parent and disregarding my custody rights. I mean, my language was legalistic. It wasn't good problem-solving language, but I think it was correct. Well, she agreed to bring him back to our place. That evening, Daria stayed. She talked to her mom on the phone. I couldn't understand what she was saying. Well, then the next day, her mom came by again. Apparently, she was just coming to bring some diapers and milk. I went out to work, and I came back, and they were gone. That was November 1st. That morning, I actually had a conversation with Daria about her mother and about previous personal issues going back. Um, before Daria was born, basically the story of the death of where everything was kind of transformed from what I had earlier heard about it. Everything became magnified. It's supposedly a suicide. We don't really know. Anyway, that morning before they disappeared this time on November 1st, I'd said, you know, I want to seek a restraining order against your mother if this happens again. Um, I don't think they do that in Russia. That's what I found out. In any case, after they left on November 1st, I didn't hear from them for about a week. I was trying to contact them. I called and called and called. I sent messages and I sent a message saying I'm going to go there before November 7th so I can video chat home to my mom for her birthday. And they didn't get back to me so I went over there. And that was the incident that the podcast episode one started with. It starts at the door on November 7th. Episode one goes back and kind of listens to some old recordings showing how Daria and I got to know each other back in 2016 and 2017 in California at a time when she was basically running away from her parents. They were limited contact or no contact and she never really expressed to me the nature of that relationship and how destructive it really was and again when I got here they seemed a little bit weird. I didn't know them before. I hadn't really talked to them. Again they speak mostly Russian. Her father does speak some English. In any case episode one goes through how we got to know each other then it comes back and says more about the lead up to November 7th. Um, it also starts talking about our friends back home in the U.S., mainly Tiffany. She would call me her oldest friend, and we knew each other from high school. We kind of dated in high school when we were both 16. And and also our friend Holmes, um, they've worked together for decades now, and I knew Holmes at, through playing soccer before. But in any case, Daria and Tiffany had become in many ways best friends or for sure Tiffany was our best mutual friend. At the time that we left the United States, Tiffany traveled with us to Italy where we stopped with Daria's sister Natasha before Daria and Enki and I came to Moscow and then to the far east of Russia. And so episode one starts presenting how I talked to Tiffany beginning back in September with the first kind of abduction event, this first kind of disappearance. And this phone call that I recorded, I sent that to her. And it mentions how she kind of just said that we needed a co-parenting schedule. And I thought that that was a little upsetting because I didn't think that Daria and I were splitting up. Why would we need a co-parenting schedule? Um, it just seems, you know, so obvious to Tiffany. I go through and talk a little bit more and present some more evidence, including a phone call from before November 7th, you know, the day before I went over there. The first thing that strikes me is the string of empty affirmations 
that characterize a person who is pretending to be listening. I don't think from my end, you know, who's right or not, but the fact is right. what's... And then the school here, yeah. and they wanted Dari to teach yeah. the class, and... I remember that. Uh-huh. I mean, I think immediately her yeah. parents started giving her, like, you know, sort of like, oh, on the other hand, mm-hmm. we haven't done anything mm-hmm. fun. We went to the... Uh-huh. And it was the nighttime. Yeah, you sent me that message. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Daria never let on to that one. The... Yeah. 100 plus page chronicle mm. getting here mm. and he's going up there and he calls this dude yeah <sighs> the unreliable assholes part yeah <sighs> so have you guys been like together or not I guess not recently but like were you together at all listening to her say that now It seems amazing that she had found a way to combine some of the least empathetic forms of speech, analyzing, comparing, interrogating, correcting, pushing feelings away, educating, and also kind of dismissively agreeing, all into one question. The fact is that this kind of disguised put-down was actually part of a pattern, whereby Tiffany would surreptitiously demean Daria and I's relationship. Looking back, there's this one phrase that stands out in my mind that I heard several versions of over that year and a half when Daria and I were in Massachusetts with Tiffany. Are you even that into her? It just doesn't seem like you're that into her. I didn't think you were that into her. I never felt like you were that into her. Episode 2, I actually play most of the um, recordings from November 7th when her parents called the police for no reason, lied to the police, said all these things about how they felt in danger and uh, claiming that I was neglecting the child and basically trying to find out how to get me kicked out of the country, more or less, from these police officers who really didn't know how to do that at all and were just kind of trying to get through it. But it definitely showed what I was dealing with here in terms of my wife's parents and and the condition of my wife as well. My wife virtually had three nervous breakdowns, I think, while we were waiting for the police to come, just saying all this ridiculous stuff. I can't be sure about that. And it was, well, during that time where we're kind of just sitting around waiting for the police after Svetlana had called, I think, um, either three or four times in total. During this time, Daria snapped multiple times. um, I cannot leave here. They will not come. They will not come. You can hear them. You can hear my mom calling behind the door. You just have to close the door first. If you're you... going to sit or you're going to try to take him or whatever. I don't know. What well, then we are not going to call them again. That's not how it works. Because it's not. I'm asking you to leave. It's I... been enough. You called the police. I cannot the leave here while I'm waiting for the police to come. Please, I'll be happy if you spend the night there. And I'm expecting to see him on yeah. Saturday. Oh, yeah. And again, Tiffany listened to this whole recording. She was completely up to date on all this. When I got inside that apartment in the Flatlands, 
Dari's parents started threatening to call the police, I started sending the recordings to Tiffany. Because I still trusted her and didn't know who else to talk to, she was the recipient of what was essentially an audio live stream of the event in that apartment. I tried to feel like the texts that she sent in response were meant as support. But looking back, they seemed like anything but supportive. This is so intense. Uh, oh my god. Maybe you should leave. I don't want you to get all mixed up with law. Oh my god. Unfortunately now you might not have rights. They're seeing your anger as uncooperative, and I think they're afraid of you physically. I'm sorry this sucks so much. This is the hardest part, the reality of it all. This freak out from Daria, etc. is the hardest part. This hard part will pass. Enki will grow and be okay, and he will be able to make his own relationships with the both of you. Her mother reminds me of mine, but way more controlling. Or the boss. Really intense and harrowing. After she'd listened to all the recordings, I mentioned to her that this was clear proof of Daria. Lying, distorting, evading, and exaggerating. She said, wait, how is she lying there? You guys are really in it. Like you said, maybe some space will be better? Or like, not choosing to live together? <coughs> I texted Tiffany that Daria was nine weeks pregnant. Yes, I saw that in the other writing you sent me. I cried. Something that I didn't mention in episode two was the fact that um, Tiffany was in touch with Daria, and now I know that at the time, within a week, she was telling Daria that, um, quote, I hope you know that I've just been pretending to be Jason's friend to help you get out of the country. If you can do me a favor and never share my messages with Jason and not take a screenshot to say anything to him about our conversations, that would be really helpful. She was starting to get nervous about the fact that I might find recourse to protect myself here and protect my custody rights here because she had given material support to Daria. Her and Holmes had given her about $500 on the way out of the country for the trip. Knowing very well, it turned out, I didn't know at the time that they, they thought this. What did he say about us giving him money? Question mark. And I guess I do kind of want to know. I mean, I could tell that he didn't think that it was like nice of us or something. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't honestly remember what he exactly said about it. Yeah, I understand. I felt bad asking, but I was kind of curious. Just because. Anyway, I don't know. Tiffany also used this pretext to get Daria money, uh, doing busy work on this so-called film video project that she's been doing kind of as a joke for the last 10 years. And she gave us all this money saying we were editing this movie. Um, shortly before she cut me off and went no contact with me, all of that I talk about in episodes three and four, she had me sign over the rights to it and to sign myself out of the project. Episode 3 
kind of covers November, where I'm negotiating with Daria mainly. It's just kind of me talking to Daria and her sister. Daria's sister, Natasha, who's in Rome. She's not anywhere nearby. And we're just trying to negotiate a meeting so I can see my son again and hopefully get to work on making things better. I talk a bunch about how I talk to lawyers, um, mainly via email, but also a little bit over voice. I present one voice conversation. I do end up seeing him again in in late November, and I start talking to Daria. I start trying to get her to realize that this is a terrible way to do things, that she doesn't have anything to be afraid of, that we can figure things out, and probably that we should go back to the U.S. so she can have our daughter there. She came over on Thanksgiving. I talk about this, and we're basically reconciled. Everything wasn't perfect. We had a couple fights. Um, We're arguing about what we're going to do next, and she accepted the idea of going back to the U.S., but then on the Monday when she was supposed to go out alone to the Flatlands apartment and had every indication that this was going to happen. She went up to the Flatlands apartment to get her things, and she came back late um, and sent some texts about the fact that her parents wouldn't let her take her things. Well, in a way that was true, but I came back after going out on a walk with Enki, and I said, you know, we got to talk to somebody so we can get our stuff back, especially our documents that will allow us to return home, passports, and Daria's green card. And then the police showed up. police showed up and Daria left without any explanation. The recording of that is presented in episode 3. And episode 4 is really about the failure of Tiffany, you know, how I'm trying to convince her that this behavior of Daria's is not only not right, but not rational and even she's having some serious problems with her parents. And that was something I said from early on and Tiffany just found ways to ignore it and ignore it. And what actually was happening was that in her conversations with Daria and Tiffany's conversations with Daria, she was acting in more and more of a manipulative and pressuring way, trying to prevent Daria from turning around, seeing that her parents manipulated her to come here. Of course, across all these episodes, especially episode three, there's a lot of talk about what is going on in Daria's head or trying to figure out what exactly she's trying to do and to get a handle and understand about what kind of an impact pressure from her family and then later from Tiffany especially. How that, how that pressure affected Daria's actions. Anyway, in December, I felt like I still needed Tiffany's help to reach Daria. And Tiffany did still have a huge influence over Daria in terms of what she was saying and sending to her. Uh, A lot of things that Daria was saying to me, I found out later, were coming directly from things that Tiffany said to her. Yes, I understand that, but... You, like, the recordings do make it sound like there's actually nothing wrong just that you don't think he should see the baby alone you don't say why and it sounds like there's no reason for it except that he is not talking calmly the way you want why don't you just tell him that you think he's abusive and he's that's why you're doing this it's up to you obviously but or that you are afraid of him i didn't know about that i was just trying to get tiffany as a supportive friend and someone who could be a part of a grapevine of friends who lets daria know that it's okay to leave her abusive parents the person i reached out to for help with that was holmes our very close friend i wasn't going to him for advice i was simply telling him what was happening here and i just wanted him to talk to tiffany to get her to recognize the reality i didn't get help with that Instead, I got a lot of evasiveness and accusations, but also I got a direct kind of brag 
that he had been a part of getting her out of the U.S. This was something that Tiffany wouldn't do. She would not admit this to me. She was basically hiding it. Tiffany was telling Daria to conceal the fact that she and Holmes had played a role in it. Holmes just came right out and basically said it. Holmes said, uh, I want to be direct. I thought that Daria was going to Russia to get more power and options and to get the help of her parents so that she wouldn't even need a divorce in Russia. Even in January, after I had already gone to the Russian custody office to see my wife and to exercise my right to participate in the upbringing of my son, Tiffany continued to offer my wife money on condition that my wife remain living with her abusive parents and remain in Russia. And at that same time, she had three of her intimate male friends send me threatening messages telling me not to talk publicly about what was going on. Well, the threats were highly unpleasant, but that psychological and financial pressure was a major factor in delaying us for at least one or two months. Because of the things that Tiffany was saying and offering to her, she viewed cooperating with me as giving up. And so what this did was it bought time for Daria's parents to continue psychologically abusing her and then to steal my wife's passport and green card and my son's Russian and American passport. This was an act that Daria's mother hoped would delay them from leaving the country for six to eight months. When I texted Holmes and told him about that, what did he say back? All he had to say was, wow, that's really aggressive of them. Episode four leaves off with me having contacted the custody office of Komsomolsk Namoria to get help for Daria. That's how I wrote the letter to them. I said, my wife needs help. She's refusing to cooperate with me, but that's because she's being manipulated by her parents who aren't letting me see my son and are preventing her from leaving their home. And I sent that letter in on December 12th after I had heard from the custody office. I went over there and I was actually assaulted by her mother and her father. They've demonstrated that they were physically intimidating Daria. They're both about 250 pounds. Daria weighs about 120 pounds. Normally, she's pregnant. So there's no way that physical force or the implication of physical force was not involved. One of the conversations in part three is where I confront Daria with what she had told me about her parents' physical abuse of her as a child. She kind of half denies it, half admits it. These were scary people, unfortunately. Uh... And I realize it seems strange that I would want to compile an account of everything that happened and to share this personal information and to put a lot of effort actually into organizing and dates, times, recordings, editing things, making it legible, comprehensible. But for instance, what Tiffany said to my wife on January 7th was, I don't know. Right now, the question everyone is dealing with is, is Jason an abuser or is he telling the truth that you're being brainwashed by your mom? And then she goes on and says, I can't tell if you're just entangled with your your abuser or everything is fine when tiffany says everyone it could mean three people it could mean a hundred people but by my estimation of the people i would imagine she would have talked to about this i think at least a dozen and a half people directly from her maybe three dozen people and probably from that you know we're talking about a hundred or more people having a conversation maybe a short conversation maybe a longer conversation about just what it was that happened out here what brought us here and so on those people would be having that conversation with only information from tiffany so you know i put this audio account together of what happened to us over here and um i thought that some people might just want to listen and i think that it might just be helpful or interesting to others who have 
for instance, experienced parental alienation who have gone through an international issue involving manipulative grandparents when they're trying to parent. People who have gone through a situation where they have a loved one, uh, especially a spouse with a child suffering from Stockholm Syndrome from their abusive parents. Uh, And the story could also be helpful or interesting to people who have suffered from pathological altruism. Pathological altruistic people like our supposed friends back home who were trying to help for months, a year or more probably, when in fact ultimately all they would achieve was to enable my wife's parents to hurt me, to hurt her, and to hurt my son. But what there is left after this recap is um, what happens at the custody meeting, how I break through, rebuild communication between us, get her to realize and understand what's happening to her. That's sort of the one half of what is left to describe how that moved forward after the custody meeting on December 24th. And there's also what I continued to discover about the impact of, you know, my supposedly best friends from back home, what they had been saying and doing to Daria going back from very early on in the time where she entered our world of friends. And there's also what her parents did to prevent her from going back to me, what her family did, including Natasha, to prevent her from returning to the United States to pursue what seemed like her best options for medical care at the time from making her own choices. And so, you know, in what's to come, there's these two sides of after American Christmas. There's me discovering what the people back home were really up to, things they were saying and doing. With the side of how I rebuilt communication with Daria, there's less evidence because I wasn't running the tape recorder as I spent time with her and Enki after the custody office arranged for us to meet three times a week. That's what's left to come. 